are back. We are back. Welcome, everyone, to match point number nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am one of two co-hosts, David EJ Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis on Twitter. This is your first time listening. Chances are that's how you found us. Welcome. Uh, with me, as always, is my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. What's up, everyone? I'm Derek, tennis talking bro, Kunimura. Um, thanks for tuning in again. And if it's your first time, thanks for tuning in for the first time. Yeah, French Open week. Uh, oh, yeah. Derek. So, yeah, we've been away. And normally we kick off with life of a tennis fan. And uh, th- that life has included uh, too much work and too much COVID over the last two weeks. <laughs> So uh, this is our, our first episode in a minute, but I'm excited to be back. I'm ready to just kind of just hop right into some some French Open talk, uh, if you're willing to as well, Derek. Oh, the, the French Open's going on? I was completely unaware. You didn't notice just... my back my my background? That would no, immediately indicate the, the French Open is happening. I, I didn't, wasn't even clued by that whatsoever. Um, but yeah. I'm just digging around, obviously. Uh, French Open's been pretty sick so far, I got to admit. There's been some good matches. Some long long matches. Long matches. Long ones. I'm I'm just like never extremely excited for the clay season, usually because I know what's going to happen. But um, courteous of Rafa's foot, we got some some question marks here. Rafa's foot, yeah. It's not a joke. He really does have an injury. He does have an injury to his foot. I know. I, I just feel, you know, I. and if you question whether or not that's like. Yeah, he's still able to win the Australian Open on an injured foot, quote unquote. Almost <laughs> just covered 11 games uh, today. Yeah, no problem. Foot. No problem. But that foot, though, a, it comes and goes. It's just a goat being uh, with an injury, you know? It yeah. just comes with being a goat. Don't ever question that injury, though. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Derek. Well, why don't we actually do some immediate gameplay? We are a tennis bets podcast, uh, so if you're tuning in, you're you're listening to us to hear some some talk about some gambling on tennis. And to that end, Derek, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, some immediate gameplay takeaways from the French Open so far. And uh, right off the bat, I'm going with the game totals are not the way to play this tournament. <laughs> Um, these books have a lot of these matches priced into the fourth round, 35 plus in the game's total. And man, you are sweating. Like, okay, so you have the call. You knew it would go four sets, but you didn't know that those sets would be six three, six two, six three. So now you're desperate for games in that fourth set. So it, it's been a challenge. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the first round with the the boda code of uh match where we posted the games over which didn't cash and uh that was my first lesson learned uh pavel code of uh shout out to a future guy we'll be talking a lot more on this podcast i liked his game i, I followed his quality run pretty stoked on him going into that match uh but bodic is is now a clay god so um he of course covered six games even though the the match went four sets, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the game's total went under. Not better at all. Uh, that was a free a couple free plays we gave out. We'll, we'll get more to the free plays, free falling, free plays board uh, later on. But Derek, any uh, takeaways um, for you so far, and and what you've been 
betting or just kind of watching uh, as the tournament's you know made its way into day four or five here. Well, I mean, talking about the games, like I was kind of confident yesterday that the Borna Dimitrov match was going to go over. Holy hell, that didn't even come close. So it, it's just, I guess we're just entering a tournament where there's a lot at stake, obviously, and these players just aren't necessarily playing to their potential for some of them. Um, obviously, Borna's coming off of injury and everything like that. And I'm like, probably thinking like, 2017 Borna George here and I expect him to do more than that uh thankfully I didn't plan because I was freaking terrified at all these freaking uh these the over-unders for the game so I didn't touch that um uh, as for the first round though wouldn't like I went like four and one the other day which is pretty fun day obviously you didn't expect George to get bagels in the first round no not at all <laughs> no did not expect that. I mean, he won the first round. This is that second round match. I, I mean, like, the first set, bagel in the first set. Yeah, he got Sorry. bagel in the first set to Dimitrov. And I'm like, <laughs> Dimitrov is a pretty freaking rocky ass player. And then you got Chorich, who usually is like a, it's like a button up kind of guy. And he just kind of goes in and he does his thing. And he didn't do it that day. Pretty unprofessional. But um, as for going for four and one the other day, it's like I was kind of looking at players that had um pretty even money lines just because it's either like a player that's playing sitsi pass and you know sitsi pass is gonna freaking stomp that guy and there's pretty hard um just to try to determine how much sitsi pass would win by so for that first round i was looking yeah the early tournament 128 player field so a lot of lopsided matchups um but also offers a, a a fair amount of you know matchups that are near the the money line um but might be uh dubious and forecasting because uh you know in, a, in this type of a tournament with a variety of characters going up against each other yeah exactly it's way better said than my uh thousand word uh explanation for that <laughs> yeah i was just looking for some odds that were just more towards just even money for both sides and um, I was able to cash on those instead because it seemed like it was more of an even playing field and you get a split hairs between those guys rather than trying to figure out how many freaking games Sitsi Pass is going to win by. Well, you mentioned spreads here. I got here noted spreads are lethal as well. I mean, uh, you, you you got guys, the variance in, in, in some of these sets so far have been real brutal. Uh, I mean, especially as we moved, you know, into five set tennis, it, it, it's obvious, but kind of doesn't get talked about enough uh, when you're when you're looking at making these plays here on the spread. Uh, I mean, some dudes might just take off an entire set like uh, what's his name? Andujar. He won the first two sets against Chechenato. He knew that he was going to have one good set left. He, he, he got broke early uh, in the third set. So after mm-hmm. that, I th- I think he just airmailed that in, got bageled. <laughs> and then to his credit, he conserved his energy and was up a break in the fourth until he ultimately until he ultimately lost. But to that end, I mean these guys are are planning out these matches and using all five sets. So the the spreads and the games totals, man, I would just look towards set betting right now until we get a little bit more uh data so we get a little bit more, you know, into some matches we can get more of a feel for, uh, you know, uh, a handle on with with players who maybe we've we've seen play each other. 
uh, we kind of know how these rounds will play out. So, I mean, we, we still have a lot of second, we have, you know, the second round and the third round. There, there's still a lot of matches left here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set bettings uh, seems like the way to go at this point. Cause like I said, it's just the games are too hard to predict and the spreads are same way. Yeah. And, and you're getting a lot of variance. I mean, like, you know, if, if you're liking an over uh, in a match, you know, Baez, I think, was plus two and a half against Zverev because he was like minus seven. So, I mean, that cashed like real quick, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, especially even I think some of these like to look at the other way, too. Like if you don't think a dude's going to get two sets and minus one, one and a half sets is only like a dollar thirty five, even up to like a dollar sixty five. Like I, we posted that with Fucevic. I was like, no way this guy's he won in straights, but. I was like, you know, I'll take a little safety and pay a little bit of juice because I know this guy's not going to drop two sets. This guy, he might drop one, but mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I would look at the sets moving forward here. Yeah, I'm digging that a lot more because the six one is going to be equivalent to a six, four or seven, five or even a tie break win. And then that six one could fairly just slaughter your freaking spread play. Well, these guys too, like, I mean, look at, look at fucking, um, what did, uh, Zverev. So he drops the first two sets then breadsticks by us. The next, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wins, uh, six, two, the next set. Like, then you're like starting to sweat. Like you, you're on the game spread. You're feeling pretty good. Baez just won two sets in a row. Then he just got boat raced. Yeah. So, but I mean, if you had that set bet, you're already feeling pretty good. So. I mean, you've already cashed, actually. Well, speaking of... Yeah, if you bet Albert Ramos, then you'll say. <laughs> yeah, he was he definitely plus... And you're like, what the hell? All right, Derek, well, let's keep the show moving here. Obviously, we're recording this uh, on the heels of Carlitos almost losing to Ramos. I personally... I never doubted, Derek. I never doubted. He <laughs> <laughs> was going to pull that out. Uh, not for one second. It was thrilling, though. I was like, wow, how's he going to do it? How is he going to steal this man's soul? This is so cruel. Yeah. But, man, he really uh, put himself. Yeah, I did not for once think that the story was over. Yeah, no. Uh, but neither did the books because, uh, you know, he was basically gun to his head. Um, Russian roulette style. This next bullet could be <laughs> could be fatal with one uh, click of the trigger. But uh, it was not. And even at that moment, he was only like plus one ten. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I made one bet before the day started, and I lost that one. Thank God that freaking Carlos put himself in a position where he was plus one ten. I don't know how the hell that came, but I was freaking stoked when I saw those odds, and I pulled the trigger on that one. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, that are just you know casual fans they might be like this guy's like not that good blah 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 i mean it's tough to win every match in a blowout uh, it's not like the other guy in the other it's not like every guy on the other side stinks at tennis i mean obviously i think he was like a minus 500 favorite going into this match or something crazy but it's tough it's tough to win this is a grand slam i mean ramos wants to freaking win too and he's got a little bit of game especially <laughs> on clay you know I, and he's played you know, you mentioned on a, a previous podcast, uh, which I thought was a pretty good insight about like a lot of these guys are just getting their first crack at Alcaraz. This is this was not Ramos's first crack at him. This is no. third crack. 
So he knows uh, his game a little bit. And also, I mean, listen, part of knowing his game is knowing that Alcaraz, you know, he UEs. So, I mean, if you just keep returning enough, he's going to cook himself a little bit. So, which happened today. But I thought it was great that, that happened. I loved it because I think that we might actually get, well, I mean, the live numbers weren't a good indication of this, but I do think that as we go on here, we might get, uh, if this happens against Corda where he's down the opening set, we might get an even better price. But I will say, Derek, I said on this podcast about a month ago that if Carlos Acres is minus 180 or under, it is an autoplay. And he's been that routinely now since I've said that about a month ago, and he has cashed every time. So uh, we yeah, are I, still living I, by that logic. I, the moment that Carlos Alcaraz is under minus 180 live or pre-flop, we are pre-serve. We are playing that until it loses. For sure. Like today, I even saw him at minus 115. I'm like, what the hell? This is fucking ridiculous. I got to freaking slam that. And then uh, Ramos held. And I was like, heck yeah, please hold. And he <laughs> did. And then it bumped up to plus 110. I was like, oh God, I'm in heaven right now. So then I slammed that one even harder. And you know what the result was. That was fun times. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great match. I mean, the crowd, I have to say too, part of, well, I, I would I would say like, since the restart, the U.S. Open last year, what made that really special was the crowds. And what's making the French Open this year pretty great is the crowds especially any french players match um you know gaston yesterday definitely people were um getting pregnant after that match I, i've made that joke <laughs> a couple times now but I, I mean and i make that joke at every gaston match because it's like a rave it's like they just had uh the edc in vegas <laughs> that's like every gaston match in france <laughs> Very much is. It's like they should just shut off all the lights and just give everyone glow sticks and condoms, and then that's it. Oh, but uh, well, you know, you know, Carlitos obviously down to the wire. Well, he's not alone, Derek. I mean, uh, Alexander Zverev was down two sets to Sebi Baez. Uh, Schwartzman, who had only dropped one set in three previous meetings to Munar, um, he had to go the distance. Sitsipas. Uh, had to go the distance against Musetti. Not that bad. I think Musetti is uh, an, an all right player. Um, Baez, I guess, against Zverev, not that bad either. Um, we've talked about Baez in this podcast before. One of us is a big fan. Um, but <laughs> not I. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it just goes to show you, too. Like, man, another way to play this is live. Like we were talking gameplay. Like, if you don't get your bet in before that first serve, maybe that was the best thing that happened for you because uh the french open so far has been topsy-turvy odds up and down and you're going to be able to get in at great prices on some of these top name players seems like uh someone though that if you did get in on live you would have lost because he lost outright uh as a not a huge favorite i think zapata was uh plus 180 against fritz i think fritz was only like minus 200 or something around there Anyway, Taylor Fritz, who we've talked a lot about on this podcast in the past, uh, we're fans. We think that he usually is undervalued uh, here. I have to say, I, I was actually going to tweet out Zapata's going to beat Taylor Fritz tomorrow, isn't he? Because Zapata is like the most interesting man in tennis. Um, uh, he s- stinks. He just beats thousand winners. 
I, I I have no real grip on this guy. He seems like he has ability, and then he bet on him uh, on the golden swing, and he does not. Um, Fritz, though, I think relatively bad loss today. Not not great. Yeah, well, he's coming back from injury, so I'll give him that. It, I mean, just judging from his other matches, though, I didn't really necessarily see this coming at all. I mean, we were talking last night, and I was like, dude, is there even a realistic way that Fritz loses this? Well, reality hit, and homeboy loses. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about Zapata. I, I'd like to know more, but I guess I'll check out his next match. Uh, yeah, well, he's a clay grinder, and you know, I would never. I think if this was on, if this was the U.S. Open, Taylor Fritz probably would have had a straight set victory. So we definitely need to be heating the surface. Although I have to say, I heated that today, and that did not matter whatsoever and we will keep it moving here as i want to pivot into the aforementioned free play board blunders derek uh i mean (laughs) great advertisement yeah well we run a free plays board on our on our our handle and uh it's currently sitting at uh seven eight and one okay it's currently sitting at seven eight and one for the week Uh, we have a lot of calls the cash that we aren't posting that's part of the problem but part of the problem is the place we are posting are not <laughs> cashing um i just read as we were hopping on here one of our picks from today we had uh, uh camilo ugo uh, carabelli the young argentine who qualified into this beat karatsev we did post that and he did cash for us that was one of the one of them we got right so that instilled my confidence that he could cover eight games <laughs> against uh faa which uh he did not he, he did not well, he got bageled in the first set today so. good thing a set doesn't have eight games <laughs> seriously <laughs> um but i did read that he apparently was uh, dealing with injury so uh fuck me for not knowing that greek sport though Tall and Greek spore. What, what in the, the literal fuck? Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say hell just to censor myself, but he deserves a what in the literal fuck. Like, that was fucking dog shit. What? Like, he goes and beats Foki. Like, and Foki's been ripping. Yeah. Te- tears down uh, a two leg parlay we posted, Fokina and Fonini, um, which was like, you know, minus 115. Um, we were, you know, going back and forth. We had some, I'm not a big parlay guy, but in the quality round or the quality week before this I was having a little success with the two leg qualies, uh, going back and forth. So I was like, okay, well let's, let's find some spots where we could do that here. I mean, Greek Spore has let me down in the past uh, in, in spots I thought he was going to be good. Um, see Rotterdam, but Fokina, I was like, I, you know, he, you know, he's, he's got it going right now. I, I, I have stated on this podcast i'm not a huge fokita believer but i was like he's got to beat this guy and then of course he does not and then i mean i don't know there might be a fallout about him being injured too probably and that's what everyone says when they they stink they they're they were injured <laughs> <laughs> that's the go-to so yeah if i ever lose the alcaraz it's there's only one logical reason and then okay so then he's playing brando today nakashima which i mean I, oh, nakashima had a you know a pretty good win in the first round against the guy he had previously beat like a week ago or two weeks ago 
So he, he was able to, to, to maintain that level to, to win again, but he's definitely not clay quarter. I mean, he might be developing some game, but like this is like a classic, you know, just routine fade spot. An American serve guy on clay who has an anemic clay elo. I mean, like Greek sports clay elo is like almost 200. It was 160 points higher than Nakashima's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. enough to even win a fucking set. What the hell, dude? No, it wasn't like, even, yeah, go ahead. It's just like, okay, looking at Foki, he, he's a, like a slugger, all right? Like, I think that's commonly known. Nakashima, same thing. They're comps, except Fokina, way better, way more established. And uh, Greek Spore comes out, pulls out a different game for some reason. I don't know why. I don't. Oh, maybe because he's injured. Is that a logical reason? I guess let's just say that that's the reason. But either way, I'm still clearly bitter about that whole thing. And yeah, me too. Uh, it's terrible, yeah. dude. First oh. off, okay, Derek, let's talk about this real quick. You know how he lost? He I don't know. Actually, it wasn't our logic. <laughs> well, no, but not only did he lose like in straight sets, he basically had the first set one up six two in the tie break. He yeah. lost eight six. Cool. <laughs> then in the second set he broke first right yeah <laughs> he was up love 40 after he gave his break back to break again didn't win that got broke lost that set and then i guess he just like was like fuck it i'm done but straight sounds set like he should have won <laughs> you ask me yeah well uh one more lament is the dennis shapovalov money line play against runa i mean okay that's that's fine if you lose i, I like the price you know yeah. i thought you know shapo is a top 15 player on paper uh this is five set tennis i just watched runa uh cramp up <laughs> like two days ago <laughs> i thought maybe you know, Shapa would pull through. No, just a three-set beat down from Runa. Okay, uh, one thing about Shapo that I've learned from watching that. Okay, first of all, let's just talk about losing that bet. That one, I'm actually cool with losing in hindsight. Um, yeah. I'm still obviously bitter about Greek sport. I'm going to say I'm not all right with that one in hindsight. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to Shapo, that dude has lost his mind so much this year. Like, and I've noticed if you just bet on him or against him, I mean, immediately after he bitches to the ump about anything, just immediately slam like the over if he's up a break or just hit the under if he's um, if it it's on serve because he usually gets broken immediately. It happened when he told um, those fans in Italy to shut the fuck up. And then he, it happened against uh, Runa. Uh, yeah, Runa. And it happened in that Runa match twice. I won the second bet because the first time he did it, I was like, oh, he's going to probably get broke right here. And then he did. And then he complained again. And I was like, okay, let me test my theory. And then I did it. And then I actually ended up winning the bet. So if you want a betting edge, <laughs> I guess you can look out for uh, Chapo freaking temper tantrums. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, they're, 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 they come heavy and often. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's nothing that the, like, the bovine algorithm is going to pick up on either. So take a <laughs> shot on that. 
All right, Derek. Well, enough um, bitching about our bad beats. Let's look to the future about our future wins. Uh, there's a lot of this tournament left. Uh-huh. I was thinking, though, do you have... I I, I filled out a little bit of a, a, a bracket here. Future casting a bit in your final eight. I mean, do you have any, like, big surprises? Like, I, I, I mean, we can go through this a little, you know, get in the weeds a bit about the bracket. But, you know, when it boils down... It it, it kind of seems like final eight, no final four, yeah. Oh, who would you say is a surprise in your final four? This guy named Alexander Zverev. That's not a surprise. He's like the number three player in the world. <laughs> well, he's gonna have to beat Carlos to get there, is what I'm saying. Well, I guess that is a surprise. Uh, I mean, why? Why? I would. I think the complete opposite of that. I think that would be the the best thing for. Alcaraz is to reach that Zverev spot because then he's pretty much guaranteed to make the semis. I think that, that that's just a bad matchup for Zverev. I don't know. I think that Zverev is quietly just crushing this year. And I think that... What? He's like third in ELO, bro. <laughs> I mean, He has zero titles. I get that, but I, I think he... His, his resume is littered with losses this year. It, it is for sure, but I don't know. I, I just feel like he he'll beat Carlos this time around. No it, fucking it, way, dude. <laughs> it sounds fucking bizarre. And I feel like I'm gonna lose money on that one. <laughs> on Carlos Live, that is. Oh my god. Well that is, okay, all right. That's well, just a I, hot take. I'm just gonna say that. I, I'm I'm not fully Well, I mean I, I don't think Akras that to... is a better player. I'm gonna flat out say that he has to make it but man i have to say like his road is i mean he has to beat corda who you know avenge that loss that's a big you know he's got court. a tough route like he's gonna be fucking tired by the time he gets his Zverev. Well, and if I he think, makes it through Zverev, holy crap i mean i don't know i i feel like if he gets through corda then he's gonna play nori or hatchnoff he's gonna wax to either of those guys and then he's got Zverev, and I think that's a, a straight set win. And then he's got Novak. So I, I, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I think that today didn't really waver me at all. You know, he won. And mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't in the fashion that odds makers thought. I still think that that was probably a, a net positive for him. I mean, imagine being a 19-year-old kid and then going to a the first major where you're the – hands-on favorite like that's got to put a lot in your head right you're probably not winning that one <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah yeah it's he's been a long time different. since I, <laughs> he is definitely built different he's got a great team around him to get all that shit out of his head but he's got to just beat some guys he can beat like I, there's no one standing in his way mm-hmm. and not until, until novak i novak is standing in his way yeah okay so all right derek well i want to highlight a section that i think the mystery lies okay because i agree i i I mean i pretty much i'm not gonna say i'm pretty much out of chalk in the final eight like there's nothing to me unless there's like something crazy that happens i just don't see especially like with guys already pulling out insane wins out of their ass like (laughs) i think that'll just continue to happen even if they're tested like you know Mm -hmm. five sets uh but you know before this podcast probably even hits the feeds, uh, Daniil Medvedev is going to play Laszlo Gera, and Laszlo Gera is extremely live in that match. If Gera wins, which is a big if, don't get me wrong, because you know Med could 
gut it out, but let's be real. I mean, he's terrible on clay. He hates clay. Jera is a quintessential clay quarter. If that happens, then let me tell you who's around there, Derek. It would be Jera versus the winner of Bublik versus Kashmanovich, right? Mm-hmm. The winner of that would take on either Maran Celic, Fucevic, and the winner of Stevie versus Simone. So Kashmanovich is the biggest name in that bucket. But I mean, honestly, like if Bedvedev loses, Jera could make a run. Like some <laughs> random names are very much alive in this in this bottom of this bracket. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like, it is kind of crazy. Because I feel like Jera has beaten Kashmanovich. I could look that up real quick. Okay. Do you really think Jera's gonna win? I think you said he think he's alive in the match. He like oh yeah, Jera beat Kashmanovich last year at the French Open. Cash beat him on February seventh at the Argentina Open. No, I I don't know, Derek. I'm just saying. You know, I don't want to go too deep into this because it could be much to about nothing. Um, but even with Medvedev, you know, winning there, I mean. I think that Shada is one and zero against him. I mean, that dates back to 2017. Uh, It's Yeah, was their only Mm. match. So that's not really something that you should even consider. Um, But yeah, everyone in that side of the bracket should be elated that there's no big roadblocks except for Medvedev, who's the worst clay player of the top seeds. Well, like people are are putting. Chilich and the parlays tomorrow uh, and he's playing Fuchovic like oh yeah yeah Fuch I'm like I I feel like Fuch is going to win that uh, especially if he gets an early if that if that goes I mean the only way that Chilich is going to win that to me is if it goes three sets there's no way he's beating Fuchovic in a five set match I I I don't think so on clay no but maybe but I yeah I I, I like Fuchs is a big dog in that match and he and his price really weird too but again this is gonna be happening before shit hits airwaves but yeah I could be I could be found yeah he's plus one eighty are you effing serious Fuchovic yes that's not it that's it I think yeah. he should be like plus one thirty huh maybe that's why people are throwing Chilton I feel like Chilch is gonna win you might be right I mean I don't know man. His clock ticks a little slower than other people's, like his biological clock. So I I just like feel like uh, Fuchovic, you know, he's just uh, good at rallying, which matters here at the French Open. I don't know that I don't know that Chilich is a great rallier. I think he's a, an okay rallier. I think he dominates more with his serve. Yeah, no, controls match controls the match that way. Yeah, no, he's he's got some great shots. He's got good power too. Um, no, for sure. I yeah, and he's been playing. I mean, I think that I hold him in high esteem. I don't think that he can't win this match. I just not as confident as other people. Yeah, but, I believe on one episode I was just messing around and I just kind of said that Chilich was going to win. Yeah, no, he event. lost that he match. Lost, yeah, he lost before the podcast even got posted on the internet. <laughs> um, one thing too, I I I feel like Sinner has a decent road with Rublev being his only, you know, major block and i i think he'll be rublev yeah then, i didn't know which way to go on that one and then he's got to face whoever survives from that mebedev uh bottom you know i i think i would take center over pretty much every player maybe you know the only people player that might give me pause is kashmanovich but i would take center there too even 
So obviously you're taking Sinner over Rublev. I am taking Sinner over Rublev. Okay. Uh, I think hopefully we'll record before this again before yeah. this happens. But um, but yeah, I am. Huh? Yeah, I feel like Sinner loses to the big ball strikers, and that's all Rublev does. That's true. That's a good point. So I, I gotta say Rublev. I mean, Sinner kind of doesn't go against that trend ever. I don't know if Clay makes a big difference with that, but yeah, I I'm gonna take Rublev there if Rublev Center end up meeting each other. Well, speaking of, you know, we talk about Center a lot on this podcast, and since we've been back up and going, we've talked a lot about Holger Runa, and uh, we already have on this pod earlier. I'm gonna bring up bring him up again because again, he's he's got a nice little path here. He's got Lake Sunen, who I think he'll. I mean, he's a heavy favorite, seven and a half game favorite. I think he will be him. Then he's got a nice little path with the winner of Chachin or Gaston. I think, you know, Gaston, if he, I think Gaston will, will, will be Chachin, who was a lucky loser that got him, but you never know. I, I, but I do think Gaston will win and the Gaston will have the crowd going and people hate Runa. So they'll really be going hard uh, in that match. But I, I mean, I would love to know what that line's going to be because I uh, I would probably play Runa if it's under minus one eighty, but it'll probably be like minus two. It'll be pretty heavy if we get that matchup. <laughs> I think that yeah. they will fade Runa or fade Gaston pretty hard. The bookmakers, yeah, for sure. Um, but then we're looking at um, round of sixteen, Runa versus Steph, which could be fun. Yeah, that's what I got as well. And obviously, I'm going to take Steph there, but. Like what you're saying, I, I'd definitely take a look at those Rune Gaston odds. But Gaston tomorrow is minus 120 versus Chachin. Yeah, so he would definitely be a heavy dog against yeah, Runa. For sure. I mean, they're, they're almost giving him even money against a lucky loser. So, Well, his form has been crappy, but I I, almost, I think that I'm going to board um, Gaston and live with the results because that's pretty cheap to play him. I, I, when he's going to literally be like, fucking Mick Jagger out there. <laughs> Chachin's going to go to his first freaking Stones concert. <laughs> I saw Chachin also uh, tweeted out he was drinking wine after oh. his win. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bankroll Gaston for tomorrow. I like Gaston's game. I don't know. I like watching him play. Yeah, he's definitely a fun watch. He's uh, a... Yeah. That, that's about it. Like, <laughs> if I were to play professional tennis, I wouldn't play necessarily like him. What do you think about um, we? You know, Sonego is a, a nice fade against Souza. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm we routinely fade him, and now he's playing uh, Souza or Sousa, however you say his name. And then I think he was like four games on that uh, four game favorite. Sousa Souza has been playing pretty well. Was in the final in Geneva. Yeah, I put Sonego moving on. I didn't feel good about penciling his name in just because I know he's just going to lose to Rude next. Um, yeah, so it looks like we're steering down either, you know, Rude, I, I mean, I think Rude's going to win the next two. So it's either going to be Rude versus Herc or Tiafo or Guffin. How are we feeling with Rude in, in any of those matchups? Uh, okay, so I got him moving on to... Um, the round, uh, the quarterfinals. Like is there is there a way that if it's rude Herc, like would you? That's what I was getting to. It's would just, would you want to you know back Herc a little bit just to see because you know rude is. I mean he's so beatable at times. 
He definitely is, and I'm having difficulty coming to a conclusion, but my conclusion is, is that it is on clay. Rude's a clay guy, technically, and her technically isn't. So I, I got to go with just the court surface and take Rude. Yeah. There's an argument, definitely. It just feels sides. like gross, like, you know, now that we've done this, uh, uh, you know, five times in the last seven weeks, and Rude has been someone you can count on the end one time and <laughs> we've backed him <laughs> we've backed him pretty much every week in these tournaments leading up so in fact the one time we, he wins we were off off air and just proved our our, our point that he only wins <laughs> when he's playing 250s when no one's looking um it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting all right well looking back at the top half with novak um he's gonna dust better not that interesting um dimitrov will probably be a pretty good price versus Schwartzman. He seems to own Schwartzman, so that'll be an interesting matchup. I don't know. I, I moved on Dimitrov. Yeah, I did as well. Uh, they played at Madrid, yeah, which, which Dimitrov won, so I'm going to... But that's... Just... that's. I would say this is more... Um, a little bit more towards Schwartzman's game. I think Madrid tends to favor guys who can serve at least a little bit, which I would say that Dimitrov is a better server than Schwartzman. Agree. But I think that Dimitrov has a pretty solid head-to-head against them. Yeah, like I said before, it's like you don't really know which Dimitrov's going to show up, too. Yeah, now what do you think about FAA versus uh, Kranovich? Because Kranovich, to me, is a a juicy dog in this matchup. Uh, I would say he's more of the clay quarter. FAA probably has a higher ELO if I had to look, though. I would I would guess that he might have because he does seem to be accomplishing things on clay at times. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He seems pretty untrustworthy as well. He this he literally just got his first win in three tries at the French <laughs> Open. I mean, Felix is known to bow out first rounds of things, but um, I got him moving on. Uh, to beat Krajanovich. He won the last two matches against Krajanovich. Okay. Well, then he was, will lose next round against Nadal. So good good, good tournament, though. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> good progress. Good pro- Do you think he wins a set against Nadal? FAA yeah. versus Nadal? It depends on if you think that Nadal has an injury. <laughs> I think that Nadal third set is always vulnerable. Okay. I, I'd say Felix can win one. The third set. Yeah, yeah, the third set. <laughs> he'll get like breadsticked in the first one and then he'll cry through the second one and then win the third one. The problem is I feel like they might do, you know, bone you with only plus one and a half sets. So you might you might want to look live on Felix to win set three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a sprinkle on anyone Nadal's playing in set three on the money line, because it's probably gonna be, you know, if he's if he's up two oh, it's probably gonna be pretty juiced. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I think Nadal's going to drop some sets here. Yeah, he does get complacent sometimes here and there. Like even Novak got a little complacent in the third set today, right? Oh, I want to mention John Isner is probably going to make the fourth round of this thing, and it sucks. Like we all hate John Isner. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a, like a little kid like doing a presentation <laughs> that was like he pulled John Isner out of a hat to like represent him at the, at the some school function or something but like uh, you gotta give him credit i mean the guy's like you know old as dirt at this point and he's like gonna make the fourth round of the french open probably well, when you move about 
two, maybe three feet after every time you serve the ball, I think your body's going to hold up for eternity. I mean, he's not like, I bet you like if you took like a physical of like Alex Demonor versus Isner or something like that, they'd be like, man, Demonor's knees are just fucking shot. It's like Isner. I don't even know how your legs can even hold up your entire stature, but somehow your knees are in better shape than Alex Demonor. Now you could um, back Zapata because he's playing Zapata next, and uh, you know this guy's red hot. He's won uh, five matches now Mm -hmm. here at uh, Roland Garros. Oh, okay. Oh, he's quality dude. Yeah, yeah. So, and Isner, I will say too, they they jack up his games totals. I don't think he's hit the over once because they set it at like forty and thirty nine. One set inevitably is like six three. So I think that, you know, I think that Isner can do enough to get by Zapata, but, and then he will earn our, 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 our praise. Um, but, you know, Zapata might be live as well. He, he, Cause if you look, think about the Miami tournament, uh, Gaston, who has been real stinky, he upended Isner in straights. And that's supposed to be like Isner's kind of bread and butter that are, well, I mean, it's like medium slow. But he's supposed to, it's hardcore. He's supposed to be pretty good in Miami. And he just like out of nowhere lost to Gaston. So mm-hmm. I feel like with Isner too, that he has such a one-dimensional game. There's some way to that there's you can develop an algorithm to determine when he's gonna win or lose. I mean <laughs> I keep racking my brain about that and I cannot pinpoint what the hell to do. And I've ran some like analytics on that. And I, I don't know, I just can't figure it out. But I feel like I'm gonna hit it one time, and if I do. You'll hear about it here. <laughs> and then Derek, I also want to say, I, I don't know. Nori, Cameron Nori, I think just took down uh, another clay title last week. The Leon was anyone? Yeah. Kind of surprising to be honest. Yeah. I think he's going to lose to Hatchinoff. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I do. I, I and everyone hates it. I think there's going to be a lot of Nori backers. Um, which because is, he's playing Hatchinoff or because he's yeah, Nori? Yeah, well, everyone hates Hatchinoff and they fail yeah, exactly. every, every turn. Um, but I don't know. It might be a good spot. But these guys have played, though, a couple times, but mostly they'll want slow hard um, so far this year. So I would say Hatchinoff to me is more of a clay quarter than Nori. But, you know, he's developing. He just took down his idol. Yeah. I mean, Nori being a lefty is always tricky. And Hatchinoff being a head case always tricky so i i personally moved on nori there so but, it's going to be alcaraz versus hanchinoff or assume he gets by corda you know if, if alcaraz loses to corda that also kind of opens things up and then your boys very full essentially that basically <laughs> just means this is a very definitely going to make the the semis like okay going back to that if carlos plays somewhat like he did today i mean Zverev's going to could finish him off granted that Alcaraz had over 30 breakpoint opportunities which is absolutely insane that that could possibly happen I, I don't know how how you can save so many breakpoints um by Ramos I mean how Ramos did that but like if if Alcaraz leaves the door open as much as he did today as against Zverev I, I got to imagine Zverev shuts that door. 
Uh, so that that's just my opinion. I don't think he'll be in the same position. I think he will crash Zverev. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I have literally zero argument against that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like a young guy who's better than him. Uh, that's who Zverev loses to. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, history goes to show. Yeah. Uh, I'm with that. I can't argue against that one either. Um, I mean, he can beat Tsitsipas because Tsitsipas, like, apparently just is thinking about butterflies, like, in matches you should beat this guy in or something. <laughs> like, the guy, where is this guy? He's completely lost. He's dreaming that he's in a field, like, doing a photo shoot with a model because, like, that's what I, if I was him, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty far fetched. Uh, I would be my grinding out week after week playing this other big dummy across the way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm so sick of these guys wa- watching these guys play each other. Severin and Cincy Pass. They're they're just like too. They're I mean, it's like so boring. They're they're trying so they're, hard to be good. Like they're just like there's zero natural ability. Like yeah, they're constantly complaining about everything. The match yeah. it just is entirely boring. And then they're complaining, and I'm like, I don't even know what they're complaining about. And they apparently hate each other too, which which is something that's funny to me too. And I'm like, oh, it's it seems like you guys I don't know hate hate yourselves more than you hate each other. But no, but I I just feel like what to me what Alcaraz has kind of revealed about the rest of the field, like uh, the game just comes so easy to Alcaraz. Like he's not even fucking trying, and he's so fucking good. These mm-hmm. other guys are trying really hard because they have to. <laughs> they have to try really hard, and the moment they're not trying really hard. Yeah, they lose. They lose when they're not when their focus isn't literally at 100 percent. They fuck up. So uh, and what I just remembered, actually, is that uh, Carlos's coach is Zverev's old coach. So oh, really? maybe uh, Carlos has the extreme upper hand, obviously in talent, but maybe in a little strategic. Well, I think Mulcan's coach used to work with Novak and that didn't matter today. So. <laughs> okay we're talking about whole different talents here <laughs> true 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 all right jake well i think we've said it all to this point i think we've offered some some insights and uh just had a pretty good conversation that i don't think people probably get about this stuff so hopefully if you've made it here you've enjoyed it and um you will check us out next time like us i would say like and subscribe i don't even think we're at a point where we like just subscribe to us on apple or spotify if, uh, if if you can, we're going to try to be back. We have been recording every Wednesday for a Thursday output. And then, but, you know, with the French, maybe we'll we'll find a way to record sooner if if we can find some time to just go over stuff. Uh, obviously, the, the slam life uh, is where it's at. So um, you need ATP content in your life. And we just gave it to you. So, Derek, any final thoughts? Nothing really, but like, subscribe, retweet, repost, reshare and leave a comment in the comment section and but for real it just uh we'll probably be back by the end of Roland Garros and we'll do some recap then and talk about uh maybe the quarters maybe the semis maybe the final so tune in all right until next time see ya on the court <laughs>